This is Patience and Money from the 282 Group at Wells Fargo Advisors. Investment and insurance products are not insured by the FDIC or any federal government agency, are not a deposit or other obligation or guaranteed by the bank or any bank affiliate, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of the principal amount invested. Good day. This is Sam Pennell, First Vice President, Investment Officer, PIM Portfolio Manager, and I'm joined by my brother-in-law and business partner. I am Ryan Culpepper, Senior Vice President, Investment Officer, and PIM Portfolio Manager here at the 2A2 Group of Wells Fargo Advisors in Charlotte, North Carolina. How are you, my man? I'm doing wonderful. Hey, I appreciate you taking some time for us, uh, especially after uh, a busy day. And we're here to talk about the equity markets. I've got to tip my cap to you, brother. It uh, it was a little lonely coming into this year. There were a lot of bears out there, a lot of naysayers. And you come along, you go through our process, you do the math, and you say, wait a second, we're bullish. Tell us about how we got here. Tell me, tell me what you were thinking. Yeah, you know, so I'll touch on that in, in in two fronts, really. One of the things that you talked about was the idea of process, and and that's the the idea coming off of a year like 2022. It wasn't easy, as you know, in fixed income down double digits, and it wasn't easy in equities, right? But it's process, process, process. You stick to your process, you stick to your guns, and ultimately, when you do that, when you have certain criteria. To your process, you begin to recognize opportunity, I think, right? If you do something over and over and you see it over and over, um, I think what we began to see coming into this year was really more of the idea of, of opportunity, mm. not so much of things to fear, right? So, um, you know, so through that process, right, you, you hit on it also. It was a little lonely, you know? Um, <laughs> I actually, I remember writing the first, uh, the first article coming into this year and actually outlining a 20% rate of return for the S&P 500 this year. And it almost felt weird. It, it almost felt weird. Like, oh my gosh, am I really writing this? Because so many people are saying we're going lower, right? But um, here we are. I think the S&P 500 after today is, is like at a, a total return of over 19%. So, you know, all of a sudden, 20% doesn't sound so crazy. No. So half the time, almost the full call. And that was a, um, that wasn't our base case, but a bullish case. And it, it, it seems to be outlining. So, and it certainly seemed possible, right. For it to be one of a, the, the yeah. top five talking points. I mean, it wasn't, um, anything that we thought was crazy by any means, right? No, no, not at all. So with that type of start to the year, where do you go from here? What are you seeing uh, in the landscape now? I mean, the numbers have changed. So what are you seeing now through your process? Well, and, and I'm glad again that you hit on that because the initial take is, oh my gosh, we're up 20, you know, in, in some cases, 30% in our portfolios, you know, oh, let's take money off the table. They say the recession's still coming. And at some point it will, right? But also, what I would say is coming into this year, maybe the recession was already priced in, right? So, yeah. you know, to kind of expand on that, right? Where are we now? Well, I think some um, incredible data points really occurred here in June, whether you look at um, the unemployment report in June being incredibly robust. Um, there was a technical definition of the S&P 500 reaching a new cyclical bull market. And I really think that's important 
And still, as I listen to the headlines and and some of the the news pundits out there, it's amazing that they don't outline that fact that the S and P five hundred, by definition, has hit a bull market. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, hopefully, we'll talk a little bit about that. So, you know, where are we where are we? Um, I still think there's incredible opportunity. Right. Markets are still down. The S and P five hundred is still down off its uh, all time highs. Right. So it's not like we're buying into incredible multiples. Um, people make arguments about the PE ratio or forward PE being so pricey. Well, what if they got the E wrong? And that was our whole case. The E is the earnings that the companies are going to be making. So if everybody, if the market is a predictive indicator and we're trying to tell the future through earnings, maybe future earnings, future forward PE needs to be adjusted up the way that we're seeing some, some analysts doing here today. Sure. One argument that I've heard a lot over the recent months is, well, okay, you take out that top five, seven names in the in the S and P five hundred, and you really don't have much of a return there. What say you about what the composition of this return really is? Well, yeah, and 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 you know, sir, um, there's been a great surge in some of those huge headliner names, right? The um, some of the largest companies in the S and P 500 certainly are leading the way. That said, Sam, most people don't know that nearly 200 names in the S and P 500 are beating the index. Right. So everybody's saying, "Oh my gosh, it's being led by these names." In some sense, right. But what we're actually beginning to see is the equal weight S and P 500 starting to show some leadership. Right. So maybe. This um, this this surge in stock prices was led by some of the the mega cap tech names and and those types of things, the mm-hmm. leaders of the S and P five hundred. But actually, what I would say is, really after the June timeframe, what we're starting to see is more of a broad based rally. We're starting to see right. You're starting to see a surge in industrials. You don't really see that coming into a recession, right? Um, usually those are laggards. So you're starting to see some areas that maybe people were really scared of, right? The tech trade also, these are companies, you know, 30% year over year earnings growth. They're kind of a recession shelter. Right. Uh, what we're seeing is, gosh, maybe we're starting to see a selling out of some of those areas and into the broad-based economy as employment, the 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 economy looks much stronger. And I would even say maybe growing and not receding. Well, you you touched on something I want to talk about. The title of your article is "Where's the Recession?" And um, so, what did what was wrong with the the calculus of many? And what do you think was maybe um, maybe the difference here for you in how you were looking at earnings and and the going forward? Right. And, and I, I don't mean to sound flippant about a recession. It still is a, a probability out there, but it always is. You know what I'm saying? Um, so where's the recession? What I would say, Sam, is, is probably the recession was back in 20, 2022. It was, it was priced in, right? <laughs> we were coming into this year and you're looking at some of the most profitable companies, some of the largest companies on the planet that, uh, again, earnings growth was abundant. And, you know, they were down 30, 40, 50, some 70% coming into the year. This was the most telegraphed recession that I've seen in my 25 years of sitting in the seat. So as we were taking a look at at coming into this year, where's the recession? I, I would just say maybe it was already priced in and much worse than what we may actually get. Does that make sense? That's fair. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
So you prepare for the worst and you actually didn't get it. So for that person that's out there that maybe sat in a little bit too much cash, uh, maybe saying, okay, I liked my 5% money market, but I'm seeing the S&P up almost 20%. You're talking about individual equities being up much greater than that. How do you um, help them where they feel like they're chasing returns now or that FOMO, the fear of missing out? What do you see going forward that's keeping you bullish? Right. So it's all about the purpose of your money and um, why it's there, right? So if you need to have that cushion, you need to have that income. As you know, with our uh, being our fixed income specialist, there's a purpose to being in money markets. There's a purpose to being in fixed income. But I would say not so much in your investment portfolios, right? There really is becoming an opportunity cost of sitting on the sidelines. It feels good to be in 5%. But look, if you don't need that safety for the next two years, then why are you sitting there not taking advantage of a market that's still down, right? So um, you know, what I would say is, is there's still plenty of opportunity. And I don't want to miss the fact that Again, we feel like we are in a cyclical bull market, maybe a baby bull at this point, right? It might be in the very infant stages, Mm -hmm. okay? But I would say that there are certain signposts out there that would really point to the idea that if you can put your two, three, four-year hat on, this has a potential to be an above-average um, annualized rate of return for multiple years. That's what a bull market is. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, just to add some further color on that, right? The, a bull market is when the S&P 500 rises 20% from its sell-off lows. Now you go back in modern history, right? You go back to the 1960s. This has happened 11 times, Sam. Uh, this okay. is now the 12th, right? Okay. So in June, in about mid-June, the S&P 500 did do that. We crossed into what would be a technical bull market, from those October lows. From those October lows. That's exactly right. So then what we do as as research hawks, right? We go in and say, okay, well, what happened in those other 11 times? If everybody's talking about maybe that's a possibility. And again, uh, you know, those are people within our, our industry are, are beginning to whisper that maybe this is occurring. And what has happened, and then the numbers sound almost so gaudy that I'm I'm scared to to say it almost much like I was scared to say 20% rate of return. And, sure. But you know, in that time frame, the average cyclical bull market rally or bull market lasts over four years with over 150% rate of return over that time. We're talking about 25, 30% a year rate of returns. Mm. That sounds kind of crazy, but here we are, we're up 20, right? Right. Um, you know, once the Fed cuts rates, 12 months later, on average, right, you go back again since 1945, what that's average is about a 20% rate of return in the stock market once the Fed stops raising rates. Maybe today was the last hike. Maybe we're looking at September. Maybe not, but I can get pretty bullish there. Um, one last talk of point is I'm going to beat this uh, bull market in the head a little bit is the idea that what, what are we coming off of here today? Was this like 11, 12 days in a row of the Dow Jones being yes. up? Yes. Right? We have now had so many days positive in the in the Dow Jones that it hasn't happened since 1987. So today is Fed Day, ladies and gentlemen. If we get well, Fed Day is what what day is today? July 26, right? So if we get another positive day tomorrow from the Dow Jones, that is the bit longest consecutive streak in the Dow Jones since 1897. Unbelievable. So and and so but not getting back to 1897, but just looking at maybe a modern history, you know, post-World War II, um, again, 
that has happened. Uh, this is now the seventh time. Um, the other six times, uh, six out of seven times have occurred in a bull market, right? So if you're looking at probabilities of 11 times out of 11 from the S&P 500 coming up 20% being a pretty good time, you're looking at the idea that, hey, if the Fed stops raising rates, you're looking at a pretty good 12-month return. Mm-hmm. And then if you throw on top of all of that, this Dow Jones uh, run that we've seen, again, six out of seven times it's occurred in a bull market. I mean, my gosh, right? We're, we're starting to look at data points looking towards a bull market, a good return in equities, not the recession that so many people were talking about coming into this year. You know, uh, can I add some fuel to the fire? Please. We just had record levels of cash reported in July. I saw that. $5.5 trillion, with a T, dollars. At some point, you have to think that cash gets allocated somewhere. It can't stay on the sidelines forever. I know there's a lot of uncertainty, but that almost speaks more to your baby bull, where every bull is hated at the beginning. And here we are with the new bull market, less than a, about a month old. And uh, to your point, that's got to go somewhere. Well, and then also, right, think about think about that, right? People are saving more money than they have in a very long time, right? That, that mm-hmm. doesn't happen before a recession. What you typically see before a recession, right, is all of a sudden somebody's getting laid off. They need to eat away on their their money markets. They, you know, corporations, which are really a lot of those money market holders, they're not as profitable. So now they have to eat down the coffers of their savings. That happens before recession. They don't acquire cash before a recession. They, you'll start to see cash ease. So that was what really jumped off the page to me is that no. People aren't losing money. People are actually making money, feeling comfortable putting it in the money market. Right. But they're not using their reserves to live and operate. Right. So, right. you know, thank you for adding that. That's, a, you know, so again, without sounding like uber bulls or eternally optimistic or, or those types of things, what we would say is take a step back from the headlines. You know, what I would say is go take a walk at your local mall, go at a, at a go make a reservation at a decent restaurant, Right. If it feels recessionary, then maybe you start to do something. But I'm telling you, I'm having a hard time getting into restaurants. The malls are packed. People are shopping. People are saving. I I just, I still will push back on the idea that within at least the next six to 12 months, we're going to see a recession. I just, we're going to have one at some point. I'm just not buying in in the timeline that's being so adamantly accepted in Wall Street. Well, I appreciate your courage to push back and uh, to continue to look forward and cut through the noise to look at the true numbers, trust your process. It's uh, meant a lot to our clients and to me as your business partner. So appreciate that. Thank you, Sam. And again, you just got to trust that process. I appreciate it. Yeah. We'll see you soon. Take care. Opinions expressed in this report are those of the authors and are not necessarily those of Wells Fargo Advisors or its affiliates. The material has been prepared or is distributed solely for information purposes and is not a solicitation or an offer to buy any security or instrument or to participate in any trading strategy. All investing involves some degree of risk, whether it's associated with market volatility, purchasing power, or a specific security, including the possible loss of principal. Wells Fargo Advisors is a trade name used by Wells Fargo Clearing Services, LLC, member SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and non-bank affiliate of Wells Fargo Company. 
Stocks offer long-term growth potential, but may fluctuate more and provide less current income than other investments. Index returns are non-fund returns. An index is unmanaged and is not available for direct investment. The S&P 500, Standard & Poor's 500, is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The 282 Group of Wells Fargo Advisors is a full-service wealth management group providing financial advice to both individual and business investors. For a comprehensive menu of professional services or to learn more about the 282 Group's professionally managed portfolios, please contact us at 704-553-6374.